a late start. A few little technical issues there. I know that's uh, that never happens to us. But um, Hammer, mate, how are you going? How's your integration back into society down there? Good, mate. Um, you know me, I'm not a fan of human beings. They shit me to tears. So uh, I've, I've, I've actually enjoyed the 15 weeks in uh, lockdown, except for this thing. But, um, so now, yeah, I've just got to go. But, uh, mate, we've got three very special guests with us tonight, haven't we? We, we certainly do. We've got them. We've got them here. We've got. Uh, we're going to have a fantastic discussion tonight. All things women's rugby league and NRLW. Absolutely. Um, and I'll introduce the girls. Our first guest is uh, an OG of the Warriors NRLW uh, and one of only two women to have played all nine NRLW matches for the Warriors in the WNRL uh, comp. Uh, she's represented the Kiwis in nine tests and is the uh, 2020 Victoria White medalist. Uh, say hello, area number seven, Georgia Hale. Hey, Georgie, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Um, our second guest is a pioneer of this game here in Australia. Uh, she said, played seven games for the Sydney Roosters and three games for the Warriors in the uh, past three NRLW seasons. Uh, nine origins for Queensland, 12 tests for the Gillaroos. Uh, welcome to the show, Warrior number 34, Karina Brown. Hey, Goosey, how are you? <laughs> oh, thank you. I was going to give you a clap, but I didn't know. Um, yeah, it's great to see you guys. I've missed you. Um, and yeah, no footy, so it's good to have some chats now. Yeah, great to have you back. Yeah. yeah. And our third guest is best known as a sports broadcaster with her own weekly show on uh, Sen 11, as well as a Real Talk podcast. Uh, and she's also a rugby league commentator and plays for the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the yes, Harvey Norman does. Women's Premiership. The show, <laughs> Katie Brown. Hey, Katie. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Katie. <laughs> Thanks for having me, team. <laughs> Not sure about no. that playing part. Try to, but it's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, awesome. Now, now our, lo our loyal followers uh, know both Georgia and Karina through their time at the Warriors last season and have both made uh, several appearance appearances, as we just said, on here with us. Actually, uh, you guys joined Cam George as our only three-time guests on this show, so well done. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we want to be number one. We want to own it. We can say oh, well, you will. There'll be, there'll, be a, there'll be a fourth. There'll be a fourth in uh, January, February before the uh, NRLW comp kicks off. We'll get you on for that. Lock it in. Yeah, Karina, we caught up with you at Magic Round where you attended our meet and greet at the Lord Alfred Hotel. And um, Georgia, we caught up with you way back in round one at the Titans uh, Warriors game on the Central Coast. Uh, but Hammer was able to surprise you when he played uh, when you played your last game for the North Sydney Bears this season. Uh, it's always great to see you both and to catch up with you. And we appreciate uh, all your support for Ruin Hammer as well. And um, no footy at the moment. And we'll get into that discussion a little in, in a minute. But through your social media pages, uh, we see that you're still training hard, putting in the miles into the legs, so to speak, and hitting the gyms. <laughs> Ticking over, yes. A little bit of maintenance <laughs> here and there. But also it's been nice to kind of refresh and get away and kind of focus on other things at this time. But, yeah, um, definitely some maintenance just so we're ready to go um, come pre-season, whenever that is. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to stop, guys. Trust me. It's it's too hard to um, do nothing. Okay. So just keep on top of it and um, we'll be right to go whenever, yeah, whenever we get to go. Whenever go time is. I, I, <laughs> is, is it hard to, 
Is it hard to maintain that focus with everything that's transpired over the past few months in regards to the NRLW? Um, or does that just feed that within and, and motivate you to just continue training and get yourselves ready for the season? For me personally, um, like I, I enjoy training. Like it'll be something that I kind of do throughout my whole life. I think um, you obviously just train like for different things. Um, like for, for example, like in our rugby league career, you know, you have different kind of training periods. So um, it's been nice to kind of get away and just do some stuff on our own. Um, it's also been nice to kind of connect with some of the girls in our neighborhood. Like I've just been trying to get around some of the Gold Coast girls. Um, it's also been nice to change up training, like totally. Like um, I've been doing a bit of yoga, um, getting in the pool, just things like you, you don't have time for um, in the regular season. So um, in a training sense, like yeah, physically, like like we mentioned still ticking over um and just you know trying to make it fun so that when we come back and like the hard yards really kick in uh we haven't drained ourselves too much yeah yeah i think it's just Katie, um, have it you know just keep going yeah stop. Well, that, you said that you said that off off camera too you said that it's kind of the yeah you need that um uh the word i'm looking for that continuation of training even in the off season yeah, it's just it's routine, you know, like um, that's just what I do three times that's a week in the gym and or two times I'm running, whatever it is. And so I just keep going with that and keeps me focused. And, yeah, like you want to stay fit, like you, you feel good when you're fit and healthy. So no point stopping that. And the opportunity is going to come and it will be here before we know it. So, yeah, just keep going. Katie, you've been a rugby league journalist for some time now, um, but you've done the Boots, uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the Harvey Mint Premiership. Um, can you tell our followers a little bit about your journey in rugby league and how you got into that media sightings? Yeah, I um, I actually yeah covered most sports for Channel Seven and then got a gig with NRL. So that's where I got opened up to the opportunity to cover more women's rugby league. I actually met Karina years ago up in mm -hmm. Queensland at um at the Bears, at the Burley Bears, I think it was, and then Jillaroos. So I followed yeah, KB for for a long time, which has been really cool. Um and then when NRLW kicked off, naturally passionate about it because it's women, I'm a woman. Um I think you just you just want to cover athletes who you can relate to. And um then after watching that first year, I thought, gosh, I reckon like it'd be pretty good if I tried to play that and um and then another year went past and then I just said to Dino Witters at South hey I've never played footy before but I think it'd be really good for me just to come down and see what all the women go through and experience it firsthand um and I did and man those hits holy Jesus I don't know if I can say that sorry um but they are hard yeah wow um, I was like, oh, you know, I played Aussie rules for a year, but that's more like slinging. Um, you can't escape the line. Mm. You definitely you can't. And, if, and I just keep running at faces, not spaces. And everybody just kept saying, spaces, not faces. Like, you don't have to sprint at the person. And I just, just kept sprinting. So um, I've learned the hard way. This is all my technique because I run at faces too. And you've seen how I end up. <laughs> Yeah. You followed me too closely, KB. Silly. Literally, yeah. <laughs> now you're um you're heading back to Channel Seven up in Queensland. Yeah, I'm really pumped actually. Um, so mainly rugby league 
as well up there and have expressed my desire to cover a lot of women's sports, particularly the NRLW. That will be expanding and they've been really supportive, can continue everything I'm still doing with SEN and Real Talk, which is really cool. Um, uh, just think it's going to be a really good step for me um, and also just to create more contacts and, um, and help persuade an audience to um, enjoy women's rugby league as much as we all do. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice one. Um, Karina, last we spoke to you, you were midway through your BHP women's premiership season with the Burley Bears. So another grand final for the powerhouse of women's rugby league, eh? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a fantastic year. It was obviously great that the BHP premiership got up this year, obviously being cancelled last year, and to finally have a statewide competition and have the inclusion of, you know, North Queensland and the Capras, it's just fantastic and, I mean, just um, on North Queensland alone, like, you know, they nearly knocked us out in the semi-final. So the, the talent that um, that they have in that team and uh, and then from Central as well was um, extraordinary. But, yeah, pretty special. Um, this was a 10-year anniversary for Burley Bears, which I had a hand in starting back in 2012. Um, so to get the, the first BHP premiership, um, yeah, it was pretty special and, and for a number of reasons. Um, Tani Norris as well, she's started the team back in 2012 as well and took us to eight grand finals and that was our sixth victory. So, um, you know, this goes to show like all the hard work and um, the great culture we have there just paying off. And then on top of that for Tani to then get the state of origin um, uh, coach for Queensland, um, yeah, it was, was fantastic. But... I just think um, it was really great for the women's game in Queensland. And Georgia would agree, like, all the games were really competitive, you know, and pushed each other. And I think it um, was a reason, one of the reasons we got the win um, in State of Origin was because we just had that really great foundation um, across the sort of nine weeks, plus a bit of a preseason. And, yeah, I mean, we so I think, yeah, it was 16 nil half time in the semi against um, North Queensland. We, we come back to win 18, 16, and then the grand final was, um, yeah, extraordinary and went down to the wire. So just great footy on, dis, on display by um, by Burley and the diehards. And I think that's what's most important because that's what's going to keep the game going is, you know, putting on excellent showcases like that. So, yeah, it was a uh, yeah, special year for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were fortunate to come and see you play uh, I think it might have been round four, round five, which was it coincided with round played the uh, the gold star there, uh, close yep. two point win. Um, you managed to get yourself simbin at the end of the game there. Um, oh yeah, no doubt. Not about that. Nothing gets past me. Um, no doubt that grand final victory um, against the diehards was sweet payback for that round seven loss going into the semifinals. Yeah, they um, touched us up in the, the, in the round game. I think it was, was it 24 nil? We didn't get near them um, yeah. in that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we, we actually came off that uh, at the end and just sort of said, you know, that that's fine. Like we didn't get too caught hung up on it, I suppose. We just... Look, went to the drawing board and said, right, what do we need to do? We're going to get another crack at this. And, um, yeah, we got to, to prove ourselves in the grand final. Um, like I said, after narrow, narrowly getting through in that semi. But, um, yeah, just 
it's just that bond that we have there at Burley um, and that belief to win and stay competitive and stay in the grind, um, believing you can win um, no matter what. Um, and, yeah, it shone through. Well, it was a massive year for you because you had another successful campaign with the mighty Queensland side as well. Uh, congratulations on that. What a game that was. Yeah, another thriller. Um, great to have it back in the sunny coast, um, this time with uh, a lot more fans um, at the venue. And, yeah, another spectacle for Women's Rugby League, you know, two-point ball game. Um, it really had it all. Um, that origin match, it was, like, so close, you know, it was a true origin where it's just down to, to grit and determination and uh, really enjoyed playing it. I think what I love most about this year um, was the support that we got from QRL. I've been part of the team, yeah, for this is my ninth year and since 2010. And, you know, there's been a lot of levels of support, but this year's been the most support. Um, for the first time ever, we had a um, an actual fee for um, training. So the whole 30-woman um, squad, we all got paid, you know, a really significant amount of money to train, which we'd never had that before. Normally, you're, you know, you're doing all these Sunday sessions for free and you're putting it, there's quite a lot of financial stress on all the girls so to have that taken away meant that we had you know everyone at training first of all um everyone um being looked after um and then even if you know the, the girls that didn't make the final team you know they still got their um their pay packet which was which was awesome so that was a credit to the qrl and um you know that was on top of you know everything else that we got at camp so that was probably the biggest highlight for me and I think we got to to show our appreciation by by bringing home the trophy. It just goes to show what happens when um, you have support from the top down. You know, everyone's got to be um, on board, and, and then you can produce victories like that. Yeah, absolutely. Gee, following last year's NRLW season, you decided to stay here because your partner had moved here for work, as you told us at the time. And, and congrats to him for extending <laughs> yeah. his work contract. Uh, until 2024. I'm so glad they can't hear you. Good old Sambo Skipper. Um, yeah, Sambo Skipper is still in conversation. Yeah. Um, you linked up with the Tweed Seagulls. How was your first season playing in the Queensland domestic competition? And what, if any, are the main differences or similarities between the women's domestic game here in Australia and back home in New Zealand? No, it was really good. Um, yeah, I was approached by Tweed. They are like a small club down the coast, um, down actually over the border. So it was interesting actually crossing over into New South Wales, being based in Queensland. Yeah. Um, very much like an underdog club. Like they've got heaps of history, but really new in the women's game. So, yeah, it was really cool. I went down. Um, it was really good vibes kind of from the moment um, I got to meet all the girls and all the staff. Like I really liked kind of what the club was about. So first, season over here was really good first season in Queensland Cup like really impressed with um I guess just like the professionalism not only like displayed through talent on the field like performance and everything but just like behind the scenes like all the work that the QRL does to actually put on a tournament like that um like you've obviously got your clubs that do so much work to like put their teams forward but yeah like I just thought you know from the match officials from referees like the whole the whole lot, our games being streamed and everything, like a, a really like professional outfit overall. So 
I guess coming from home, some humble beginnings, um, like the competition, um, like the game just overall is, is very different. Um, and it's been such a blessing to be here to kind of see both sides. Um, I, I really love the game back home. And like, I think there's some really special elements about it, but I just wish that some of like the funding and the resource and facilities and everything that they have available over here in Australia were available for our girls back home. Cause there's so much talent there. Um, we just probably don't get as much support. And like one example, I um, gave when I chatted to um, some of the boys back home just about like those differences like back home there's a lot of heart in the game like there's a lot of um, sisterhood like when you say it you truly mean it like you've got to literally pull the girls out of the shower post game to kind of like get them to come in and have their meal and like close off um, the Sunday footy and everything which is so cool like that all stems from just like the culture within which is a really special thing um, whereas over here like it's so professional and it's so well looked after but it's very it, it's like a business like you know girls um like come in like they've got standards set really high they come in they get their work done um they're performing at a really top level but then they kind of like move out and because there's so much available over here in terms of footy like girls are playing club they're playing state of origin um there's a few tournaments in the background here and there like nrlw is massive here because obviously um all the clubs are based in australia so there's a lot of talk there's a lot of support around um the women's game so um yeah although like the the funding and everything and the resources great over in aussie um yeah ju just like where the game stems from back home, I can see it a little bit different. So, yeah, it's been nice to see the both. Um, I guess just in an ideal world, it'd be nice to kind of like merge <laughs> both um, both environments together. Following following on from your Seagulls season, though, you had a bit of a stint at the at Hammers' beloved North Sydney Bears towards the back end of the Harvey Norman Premiership season. How did that come about? Yeah, um, so our season up here in Queensland was actually quite short. Like, I think maybe for Tweed we played like seven games with two trial matches so it was probably just more about getting some more footy under my belt and we were hopeful obviously in our LW was going to go ahead so just kind of filling the gap I'm not eligible for state of origin um proud Kiwi fern. so uh as the girls kind of moved <laughs> off into those circles and environments um then I was like oh you know I could like where can I kind of fill a little bit of a gap so one of our assistant coaches at the Kiwi Ferns, she's down at North City Bears, Lisa. And yeah, there was just an opportunity to go down, um, fly down, kind of meet the girls, um, get around them on captain's run and then play on the weekend. So yeah, I just took the opportunity. Again, it was an experience to, um, like I've, ex I've experienced the Queensland Cup to experience um, the Harvey Norman competition down in New South Wales. And again, like I even saw differences in that space. So I think I ended up playing four games for them. Um, we had kind of like made it, we were like on our way to make it through to finals. Um, our last game uh, probably didn't go as planned or how we had wanted. But again, like it was a great experience for me. Again, a club with so much history, a uh, really good group of girls. And it was just, yeah, nice to meet them. Um, new phases, nice to connect. And yeah, I guess get that experience down in the blue region. <laughs> you um, Your first game for the best was a, I think it was like their, um, the, the day that their, Ex-players, uh, like family day Your or fan day or something like that, and you, yeah, yeah, you actually got to meet um, see Olsen Philpina and uh, Mark Graham, two huge names in Kiwi rugby league. Did you know them beforehand, or had you met them through uh, contact through Dad, or was that the first time you'd actually met those two guys? Oh, knew of them definitely. Um, hadn't actually had the opportunities to like cross paths, and it was so nice to do that at that club um you know that holds so much history and that they were yeah. acknowledged for on that day so yeah it was a pretty special debut game 
Yeah, it was. It was. Katie, um, congratulations on your first full season, the Harvey Norman Premiership. Um, last season, you played only the two games. You kind of you kind of touched on this early. I think you kind of answered my question. But was it tough or tougher than you anticipated? And uh, how did you enjoy your first preseason? I love I love training. So preseason for me is like it's fun. Um, I like training. But was it tougher than I expected? Um, I think the external noise was tougher. Like um, my family were very apprehensive with me playing and were really concerned. So it didn't help that I broke my nose in the second game. Um, I was like, oh, you know, like your face. And I was like, it's okay. I work in radio now. Um, so I'm not sure how seven will be if I wanted to to continue playing. But um, nah, I, I feel like I'm always up for a challenge. Um, so it was, it was awesome. Like, it was so, so good. I would do it every day again just with what I learnt and I experienced firsthand what these women go through and I think for me that was such a valuable um, perspective because then when I spoke about it, I was in their shoes only to some extent. I was only playing Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. I wasn't playing all these rep teams as well but gave me a broader understanding of how tired I was um, and I was doing a quarter of what the women are doing. You you obviously adapted pretty well. Um, your vote uh, this season for the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the Harvey Norman Women's <laughs> Premiership. Congratulations on that. Um, a massive honour to be voted uh, by, your, by your peers. Um, surprise? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I was so surprised because I didn't even say thank you in my speech. I think I said it at the start and the end, and then I didn't know who to thank. Clearly, I haven't won that one before. Um, yeah, that was that was really humbling because I actually felt so sorry for a lot of my teammates because I would continue to be like, "Oi, so that play again? Like, can we just go through that one more time?" And it's it's so different to like commentating and watching the game and standing in the line, playing a position um, and, and knowing every play yourself, like the respect, the respect. <laughs> yeah, it was a really nice surprise. So. That's awesome. That's the best award you can get, Katie. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. We, we always ask our guests, Katie, uh, about their debut game and their debut try. Can you tell us a bit about your first try? And those feelings you felt and uh, your little try celebration. Can you talk us through that? <laughs> that was like, okay, grade three carry on, I'll admit. Um, we were playing North Sydney Bears. I, I explained. Okay, yes, so I did score a try in the corner against Kira Dib, And the only reason I made a song and dance about it was because she was telling the touchy that I didn't get the ball down. And I was like, girls, get away. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're celebrating and they were like, oh, my God, Katie, like, oh my God. just laughing at me. And I was like, no, this is serious. Like, they're trying to say it's not a try. It was, it was the try. Like, I touched the ground. So that is my defense. But, yeah, oh. I jump up and down and get a bit excited myself a little bit. <laughs> Did they go to the bunker, Katie? Or? <laughs> I, I said you take my word, and that's why I had to show. I was like, "You can't go to the bunker. There is no decision review on this. Like, you have to go with my confidence." 
<laughs> they probably took forever to award it as well. That usually yeah. happens to me in touch footy. <laughs> Hence the celebration went for probably yeah. too long. <laughs> okay, let's get into some nice, juicy, in-depth discussions. Um, we'll go back to the, the domestic comp. Um, the BHP Women's Premiership, as you stated, Georgia, is, is pretty uh, quick, short season. I think uh, seven games, uh, seven rounds of footy uh, into finals, whereas the the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership is a 15-round competition, three weeks of finals. Um, is there a valid reason to this, or am I just looking at it too analytically? I can jump in if you want, G. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, we actually um, wanted that uh, because, um, well, first of all, we went statewide competition. Uh, so in Queensland, geographically, like, that's that's huge. Um, so it's a big commitment for um, North North Queensland and the Capras. Obviously, they barely even get to train together. You know, they're sort of getting together on a Friday night, flying down um, to play the game. So to sort of continue that 15th round, just because of how far away they live from each other would be a big ask. Um, yeah, even for a few of us girls that play for Burley, um, we live in Brisbane, you know, so I leave maybe like 5.30, I'm getting home at 9.30 at night, at least three nights a week, then going back down there on the weekend. So it's, it's a huge, um, you know, sort of travel. Uh, and then obviously at the end of this year, we're supposed to have NRLW and World Cup. So we thought um, a shorter season uh, would sort of give us some longevity to to get to the end and obviously beat Georgia's team in the final. Um, so that's that's sort of the, the reason for it. Maybe it could have gone a few extra weeks, but um, I think that nine weeks. I, I know if you played up in the finals, so Georgia didn't, but um, for the like we've got eight or nine games there, and then you had a few weeks break, just enough time to sort of refresh before Origin, um, get get any niggles out. So. That's sort of the reason behind that. And, um, yeah, QRL did speak to us about it. Not sure what it will look like next year with two NRLWs, but, uh, yeah, we sort of preferred that. Uh, I think last year the New South Wales competition, they were playing their grand final the weekend before round one, um, which yeah. is pretty crazy, you know, like if, if anything had gone wrong for any of those girls, and um, yeah, there goes your round one for NRLW. So we didn't particularly want that. Yeah, I guess the reason I'm asking too is because if COVID didn't put a halt on the season, um, the Queensland-based girls, as you just said, would have had a significant break between heading into the Origin and the NRLW. Uh, do you reckon that'd be you see that as an advantage or a disadvantage or neither? Because like you just said, the the New South Wales comp was going to run right up pretty much until preseason started for that um, NRLW season. I mean, there's positives and, and negatives uh, for, for both. I, I personally um, preferred it um, just because I, I knew that was going to allow time to, like, have some rest if you were injured. And like like what Georgia was saying before, you know, we continue to train. So it's not like you're actually going away yeah. um, completely. But, yeah, that was, that was what was going to work for Queensland, as I said, geographically to sort of keep stretching it out. Um, is it going to be a big ask, particularly for the, the North Queensland teams? Yeah, worked in Queensland's favour this season as we're able to finish the season, whereas due to the spread of the uh, Delta variant uh, wreaking havoc down there in New South Wales, it was cancelled. Um, yeah. Speaking of the NRLW, and this is a safe space where you guys can speak openly, 
And I guess this question is for Georgia and Karina. How disappointed were you when you were told the Warriors would not be part of the NRLW season? You start, G. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely disappointed. Um, gosh, it seems like so so long ago. Um, yeah, mm. I, pro- I think it, the kind of the situation with the Warriors and the situation um, with the NRW, like, it's kind of similar. I, it just came down to comms. Like, we really, like, it was really late to hear about it. We didn't know what was going on. Um, like, as players, I mean, we're not promised anything. We go from, like, contract to contract. But, you know, like, we have pride in the Warriors. Like, we loved our time mm-hmm. at the Warriors. Like, it's, it's inked on our skin. Um, you know, and we, we actually, like, from what we did last year, we, we really made um, – a lot of progress and we found so much success um mainly off the field but you know on the field as well so we definitely had it in our minds that we wanted to kind of carry on so yeah i think you know if we just received some better comms um you know a little bit more like information and some updates just like going through that process like obviously yes covid's like working in the background but um just like in our rugby league communities like i think we could have been looked after better um obviously not you know, not dwelling on it too much now because we've found other opportunities. But yeah, it is a shame to see the Warriors um, not taking part in the 2021 season. But I do hope that, you know, at some point they do find their way back in because it's just really like it's got a massive pair of scissors and just like cut off the pathway um, for all our girls back home. And yes, some of our girls have found other opportunities, but like they have had to go out like on their own and like sell themselves. We don't video our games back home. So like, Unless you're at um, Grayland Park 2pm on a Sunday afternoon, like no one's going to know how you're performing. So like good on the girls that found contracts, like they definitely deserve them. But like then think about how many girls are still sat back home um, playing like great footy that, you know, are hoping for a contract, you know, not able to find one. And again, if they've never been in NRL, they don't even have connections or contacts to go through. So I do hope the Warriors make their way back in just for, you know, the growth and, um, I guess, like, the direction um, that New Zealand Rugby League, the Warriors, like, everyone really should be heading in just for the future of women's rugby league in New Zealand. I was devastated. As a fan, (laughs) as a Warriors fan, I I was absolutely devastated. Um, Yeah, it's – because for me, like, last year, as you see, um, there was a lot that happened on the field and and you girls built, um, you know, through your three games up to that um, great that we had the last round against the Dragons. Um, but it was what happened off-field. It was that, that, um, that bond and that, that w- the team all came together. There was the um, those, uh, uh, inclusiveness that, that happened, um, which a lot of that was driven by, um, you know, Arnie Carms and, and, and Hilda. Um, for me, it just felt like there's un- it feels like there's unfinished business. And I, I know... Um, I know that a lot of you girls have, have managed to stay together now. There's a, a nice core group of you that are going to be running out for the Titans uh, next year, um, which is, is great because uh, uh, it makes it easier for one team rather than, you know, uh, be all over the place. Uh, changing jerseys. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, changing jerseys, jerseys depending on who's playing. Um, but is that how you felt? Did you feel? Do you feel like there, there is some unfinished business there from what you girls built? Warriors last year? Definitely. Yeah, I was um, gutted when I found out the Warriors weren't going to be in it anymore. As you said, we had so many special moments last year. I just feel like the group had had more to give um, and, like you said, unfinished business. And I was quite shocked. Like, I think George is quite nice. But, I mean, for me, if you look at the Warriors' social media, 
all that's over that is um, how they're a community club. Well, how can you call yourself a community club when you're just pretty much, you know, getting rid of women completely? I don't know. That just it really bothered me, and um, it's just such a shame. I think like we were the first uh, ever warrior team to do a haka. You know, like I found my mana as a warrior, so it was just disappointing. Um, but as George just said, you know, you got to keep moving forward, and we've now got a wonderful opportunity with the Gold Coast Titans and. You know, most of the girls um, are still together, so we'll we'll continue that legacy um, in different colours. But yeah, uh, I certainly um, was planning on um, sticking with the Warriors. So I do hope they come back in um, in NRLW number two if it goes that way, or or next year because it's it's the pathway for the New Zealand girls, and um, we want the the little Kiwi girls to be able to look up to their heroes and um, and have a team to uh, you know have ambition to play for and and that is the Warriors. So I don't really see any other option other than them coming back in. So I hope they get on board and get on board soon. There's not really any excuse for it. I think even Katie Brown, you mentioned it um, in your talk. You know, just it's not good enough. It's there was support there to put the team in, and they just chose not to. Ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. Yeah, no, that's what we're here for. We're here for an, for an honest discussion about what, um, you know, we we don't want to um, candy coat it or sugar coat it and um, say everything's great when when there's obviously a a, a really poor miscommunication and and uh, a, a massive uh, difference in the way the men's game is handled and perceived and, and the women's game's handled and perceived. That that void between them how come closer together it's got to that's my yeah as as we said before so there's the three new teams that have come into the nrlw so got the eels knights and the titans to join the uh, foundation clubs dragons roosters and the broncos and a date was set for the commencement of the season to coincide with round 23 of the nrl uh, season with the squads to assemble five weeks beforehand with a, a, a proposed five-week preseason. So without jumping ahead to what ultimately eventuated, um, that decision to be able to play a few home and away games in front of true home fans instead of playing, you know, just the curtain raiser games to the semi-finals, that must have been an exciting prospect for you guys. You go, Jay. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Goose. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like, oh, just to be playing, to have a crowd there, like people behind you, absolutely. There's no better feeling. So, yeah, there was lots that we were definitely looking forward to. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, as we all know, COVID exploded here in, in New South Wales in late June and turned everything upside down. Being in the media, can you tell us the time as you remember it, of how things kind of fell apart and the lack of communication that ultimately kept everyone in the dark for so long? Oh, it was quite a strange period, to be fair. Like, it was more because we just didn't hear anything. Like, there was so much, like, else going on in different circles, but, like, in our, like, in our circle, Women's Rugby League, like, there was just, like, no noise, no comms, no update. Like, we are all just kind of, like, sitting, waiting each day, waiting to hear um and like the the game like for the men's like was still very much moving like there was so much happening like there was so much talk around it so it was like oh surely like 
we're going to be involved in this. Like we're going to follow suit. Like the boys are kind of like leading the way. Um, you know, you know, week in week out, they play the game we ultimately want to play. Like they've set the foundation. Like one day, like we want to have sixteen NRLW teams. We want to have a full um professional competition. So we're like, oh, they're moving to Queensland. Like we're all moving to Queensland. But yeah, yeah it didn't happen that way. Um, but it was a yeah, a really strange period. Like just yeah, no noise. Um even just within the girls, like we're going back and forth, like, you know, trying to like keep each other updated, but there's no updates to even send through. So yeah, it was just, it was a strange time. Um, the one, one good thing was that we just like came together and we could connect, like we all were sitting in the same boat. So it was nice obviously to um, just like lean on each other at that time. But yeah, really strange, just a massive lack of communication and um, a massive lack of um, value for our game. Katie, was there yeah, so any, was there any um, noise in the media? Like, did you hear anything through your connections in the media as to what was going on, or, or was that a period for you guys as well? No, I was I was leaning on the players. I was leaning on the players. I was leaning on NRL media. Um, I was talking to coaches, staff. I actually got a tip off from somebody through my Instagram who um, just wanted to, like, heard men's and said that, and I didn't even know who this person was. Um, so I was going off whatever I could and was using my investigative journalism skills to try and piece together because I think that anybody who was interested in the women's game and the, the female players themselves were all like, what's happening? And it got to the point where everybody's taking the piss and you're just joking about it because you if you didn't laugh, you were going to cry because it was embarrassing how poor the communication was. It was like, yes, we can appreciate there is a pandemic and the men bring in the money and there's always two sides and the real side, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, whether you're a male or a female, you are a human being and you have a contract with a club right now and you are not being communicated to. I don't understand. Like I just, and I didn't understand. And as, as the players didn't understand, as you as fans didn't understand. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the thing. It was so, so much miscommunication. That 11th hour decision to postpone the competition, which was the third postponement, I might add, cause, um, and it had so many repercussions. And two of the biggest ones were uh, the players effect effectively did a month's training and prep work and they weren't paid. And then we also had the eight New Zealand-based girls who were left stranded in Newcastle and with pretty much no assistance um, to get home. You you discussed this with um, Charlotte Scanlon on your podcast, Katie, which was a, a really great interview. Were you surprised at how little support those girls were given? Um, yeah. 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 I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And I think you can hear it when I'm talking to her and I'm going, hang on, hang on, let me just... So wait, no one from the NRL is talking to you. No one from the NRL booked accommodation for you all to get back there. What? What? I just, I couldn't fathom. And they were in shock. A lot of the, the women were in shock because they assumed, um, which is not wrong to assume, they just thought that they were being looked after like anyone would expect to be after and guaranteed a way home. So that, that was nuts. I should add that I, I did go to the top, like as in I was – speaking to colleagues and Andrew Abdo, and when Bob couldn't give me answers on the competition that they are supposed to run, that was mind-boggling in itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
as you can tell, I get bit headed about this stuff, so I'm just trying to remove the emotion. <laughs> <laughs> we love your passion, baby. <laughs> so originally the squads were supposed to start that five-week preseason in July for season commencement, as we said, to coincide with the end of the NRL season. And then um, yeah, it was postponed to late August, early September, as we said. And then we all know the 11th hour announcement three days before the preseason was supposed to start. So I guess frustrating is, is an understatement. But can you explain to us how that affects the women in terms of work, study, family, etc.? Because not being full-time athletes, um, provisions have to be made to accommodate these things. Yeah, definitely. There's, there was heaps to factor in. Um, like, I mean, you've signed a contract, like you're expecting um, to start pre-season on this date and like even just for your pay to start rolling in. Like some girls um, made the decision to leave their jobs. Some girls um, chose to go on leave without pay. Um, others just had like agreements with their work. Like maybe they cut down shifts or hours and everything just to prepare for what was to come. And they knew what they were going to be receiving. So they were also preparing, um, you know, to then have that income coming through. So, you know, there was a lot around that financial piece. Um, obviously girls had relocated. Um, a lot of our players have children. So like sorting out um, their children care, like what that looks like for each individual. So yeah, there's lots to it. I mean, like some of our girls, their day looks completely different. Um, so they would like come to training and then they'd like work in the evening um, and then sleep all day and then come to training. Like, like they're almost working backwards days. So like every single individual, like their day looks completely different. So yeah, just think of all of the girls going through that period, um, having sorted their life, um, having organized everything and um, completely like met all club obligations leading up to this point, ready to ready and rearing to go. And for it all just to be kind of called off, like, so harshly, so unexpectedly. So yeah, it was, it was a, a very tough time. And you've got girls in your group that are aged from 18 to, I don't know who the oldest player would be, maybe like a 38. So girls are in completely yeah. different stages of their life. So even just organizing that, you know, their studies or what it, you know, their work, whatever they're doing, like, yeah, there was a there was a lot to it, so it was it was a very frustrating time. Yeah, I was I was talking to another. Uh, I won't say who she what who she is. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just say she's another prominent female athlete within the rugby league community, who may or may not play with the North Sydney Bears and may or may not have played with the Warriors last season in the centres. Um, yeah. and she said she's <laughs> <laughs> she said she's got to take annual leave. Um, pretty much for the duration of the those NRL seasons or even um, with the uh, Harvey Norman Women's Premiership because, Katie, there was games this year that you girls would play on Monday nights um, at Homebush at the uh, New South Wales Centre of Excellence and, you know, people would have to organise their, their time off so that they can uh, be there for the game and stuff like that. Um, it's a, I'm, just, I'm just baffled that... Um, so many decisions get made uh, around the game and they don't take any of the... Like, we as fans can see, um, you know, the sacrifices and, and so forth that the, the women have to go through because you're not full-time paid athletes, you know, a, a part-time or semi-professional uh, 
sports, so you don't get paid for full seasons and so forth. And everyone, like most of the girls, work or their mums or they're studying or whatever it may be. I, I just can't believe that the governing body can't account all this stuff when the fans at home could see it. Like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it just really frustrates me. And for you girls as as players and um, you know in the media and that, it, it must be just so frustrating to not have your voice heard uh, by the people that matter, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And But it wasn't just that as well. It, it came down to communication. Uh, yes, it was disappointing, but, you know, just having early communication so then we can all go and, and do what we need to do. And also, um, like, the truth. Like, we were literally yeah. told we can't have the competition in Queensland because the Queensland government will not allow that. And then you would have seen in the media the Queensland government came out and said that there was never actually an application. So, yeah. you know, you can you can handle um, people when they tell you the truth. You know, they could have just said, "Hey, this is this is what's going on. We we can't find, finance it. Whatever, whatever. We've left it too late. Whatever. You know, this is going." But when you literally just lie and then it comes out, like it's just really disappointing. Um, you want to be valued as a player for everything that we're contributing to the game it's the fastest part growing um sorry fastest part of the game that's growing that's definitely yes, not the right yeah. thing you know what i'm trying to say um, oh, <laughs> so yeah it was uh just just really disappointing um that 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 happened like you you just don't want to be lied to um and i, I even asked the question i was in the meeting when we were told that the season would be postponed to next year and i said um, what about these four weeks where we're all been in limbo? Like, surely we need to be compensated. And they were like, oh, well, you know, you weren't really supposed to be training. Like, what sort of comment is that? Like, had the competition gone ahead, you know, on that day, as they said, of co- like, of course we needed yeah, to be ready right. during those four weeks. So, you know, we're planning as if, oh, yeah, we're, we're going ahead on that day. Um, so that was also quite frustrating. And then it's only come out you know, after everything in the media that we were, I um, will be receiving and I have received, sorry, a COVID-19 relief payment for those four weeks. And the letter actually stated um, that they had been working on that relief payment since the day that um, they told us the competition was postponed. Please, if that was the case, you would have came out on that day and said, hey, guys, um, we're, we're, we've got a payment coming, haven't worked out the figs yet. But, but that was we were told, you know, no, there's no money, there's nothing for that four-week period. But, again, it's just frustrating, you know, you get those sort of comments. Um, but uh, we're a very resilient bunch it, um, and we roll with it, you know. Yeah. We, we move on and we've all um, found different things to do to the end of the year and um, found other opportunities and, as Georgia said, you know, we're staying ready. We will be ready and in a good condition um, come February or who even knows. I mean, they can't really commit to the dates right now because the borders are still shut. So we'll see what happens. But we remain optimistic. <laughs> I love your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly, I reckon it feels even soured when you had to fight so hard for what was, you know, pocket money. Um, for anybody in the NRL um, for a COVID relief fund. And then they're so proud to announce that they had a 50 million surplus this year. Um, 
and they say, well, you know, been training for that four weeks before the season. Hang on, hang on. Pretty sure most NRL clubs have finished their season beyond November 1 and they get paid contract until November 1. Most teams are, except for eight of them, are out of the competition by September and get paid for a further two months. So doesn't add up. Um, it's blatant inequality. Um, it's unfair and it's disgusting treatment and it needs to stop. Did There was... um. There was a report in the media that um, I think it was uh, Christian Welsh from the Rugby League Players Association uh, suggested that the money that they had in the coffers from the fines from the naughty players this year uh, used as the payment for the girls. Is that what, what happened? Money that was used? No. 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 Not, that was not me. Really of, I was just keeping not, a tally of all the naughty money this year <laughs> because I got told that it actually goes to the, the unknown fund. And I'm like, well, where is oh, that? It? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's unnamed. It's an unlined um, ticket item. So it can go wherever yeah. the NRL sees fit. The judiciary money um for judicial fines that does go to pathways and education and well-being for nrl players um they also questioned i actually had nrl players when i posted that say i i haven't received anything for my well-being or education so i'm not sure where the judicial funds money is going either just like bs man bs yeah, I've always wondered where Jazz's money goes when he gets fined. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're up, Robbie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you guys, you guys have pretty much answered my next question, which was just going to be your thoughts on how the whole situation was handled. I mean, the NRL has come under some harsh criticism in, in certain media circles. And, um, yeah, we certainly weren't comfortable with how how it all went down. So, yeah, I, I mean, you, uh, Katie and Karina, you shared your thoughts. Um, Georgia, do you have anything to add to that about uh, how, how you, you felt the whole situation was handled? Oh, yeah, very much similar to Goose and Katie. Um, yeah, it was just a very disappointing period. But we are definitely looking forward. Um, like, we had made kind of our voices heard and, like, we used as many media outlets as we could. Like, I think from a playing group, like, we did all that we could through that period um, mm. just to get a bit of understanding from, like, the you know, the shoes we're standing in. So, um, like, all has been kind of said and done and we're, we're definitely looking forward. And we're just hoping that what has happened, like, doesn't happen again. So mm. for our, you know, our younger girls, our future generation, like, we don't want them to have to experience this. Um, you know, hopefully, like, we've, like, taken the the brunt of it and that going forward, like, our game is looked after. It is valued. Um, you know, it's in a much better place. And, like, now we're looking forward to the 2021 season, 2022 season, like, a, a big calendar year um, and ju just everything to come. So, yeah, definitely trying to, like, plant seed and look forward and just hope that we don't have to look back or, like, pick any of our girls up um, from being in that position again. As you just said, the the calendar for twenty twenty um pretty awesome for women's rugby Heavy. league. On the <laughs> yeah, um, you've got NRLW season into your domestic competitions, into the women's origin, into a second NRLW season, and then World Cup. Um, and that's a lot of rugby league, and that looks uh you know looks the surface. But um, with the women's stars not being full professional athletes, 
and rugby league is a collision sport and there are obviously going to be injuries um, and some of those injuries will be significant. Um, that's all part of the sport. What what are the games uh, for you girls um, being full-time? So you take some time off, you play your NRL season, you cop an injury, you play the domestic season and then kind of go into another and and you 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 can't work at the same time your injury is uh, uh, such that you it kind of puts you out of the workforce for a while is there do you get any kind of compensation in in respect of that like is there are you covered by the insurances or is it just you're just covered from pre-season to last game and then that's it you're loose yeah you're just like yeah. jumping ship to ship which is so like it's super tricky um like, like being Kiwi Ferns, being Jillaroos, like you'd think kind of like we're looked after like under our umbrellas for like the entirety of the season. Um, but no, like we're just jumping from, for Goose and I, for example, from Titans, um, Burley, Tweed, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. maybe back to Titans, Kiwi Ferns, Jillaroos, like, you know, and there's just no certainty. Like obviously we aim, like we have our personal goals of making those teams being involved in those campaigns, but there is no, um, there is no security. So uh, like, we're just trying to map out like at the moment, what even the season looks like. So we're going to do our preseason with um, our clubs for 2021. And are we expected to then like jump straight back into the domestic comp? Like, what does that look like? And then when the girls transition to state of origin again, what does that look like? Like, there's a lot of questions to be answered because although the season looks great and like we love playing footy, like there's a huge load, but like that's a load that we as individuals, as players have to manage, not only as players, but as people as well, because of our, you know, our lives and everything else going on in the background. So yeah, like injuries and, and those things, like we can't see those, like we don't know what's kind of um, coming for our 2022 season. So yeah, like we're just trying to be as prepared as we can. We're trying to ask the questions and trying to put things in place because Again, it's not good enough. Like the fact we have to jump ship and we've got no security, not only financially, but you know, um, also like physically, ment- like medically, and everything. It's um, it's actually quite scary. You know, I know some of the girls like just have a lot of questions that need to be answered because you know they're trying to plan their year, they're trying to plan their income, they're trying to plan their life. So, yeah, hopefully, um, some of those questions get answered over the next kind of wee while. We're working with um the Rugby League Players Association. Um, who are working with NRL and, you know, to try and get some of these things um, put in place. I think income protection is probably the biggest one. If you were to play sort of everything that is on next year, it could be between, you know, sixty to 80000 you know, dollars worth of income. But if you do your ACL in NRLW round one, that's all that, the rest of that money that's gone. There's no protection. So it's um, that's really scary and it's not good enough. Like, I think they definitely need to put in some sort of retainer, um, you know, for as many players as possible. So you know that if that was to happen, you're still guaranteed whatever whatever the figure, $20,000. I, I don't know, you know, just something because um, that's a huge loss and you really are left on your own when that happens. And they, oh, well, we'll see you in a year's time and good luck with your recovery. So um, yeah. I think that's probably the biggest one for me is is around your your body and your, your well-being. Um, and, and how we're going to get through, especially to a to a World Cup. You know, you want your best players all available um, to go and, you know, play on the biggest stage in the world. And the only way that everyone's going to get there is if um, the load is managed throughout the year. Uh, and that, like, another thing is that because we are still working full-time, it's really difficult to do the proper recovery. 
So if you hurt yourself on yeah. the weekend as a male player, Monday morning, your first thing, the scans are organised and then, you know, you're straight on your way to recovery. You know what you know what's wrong by Monday afternoon. Um, but in the female game, well, you're at work Monday morning. So you make, you're make you on the phone, okay, when can I get in? I can't get in until Thursday when on my lunch break at 12.30 when I'll go and duck and do that. And then you go try and organise scans and then, you know, you've missed two games. It's just... Um, yeah, it's not good for your body um, or your mental well-being. So I think those sorts of things are probably um, the most important. And then next year will also be a big year because the following year we'll have the new CBA agreement, which really is um, going to help the women's game move forward because that's what we've kind of been hamstrung on um, the last five years is an agreement that does not look after the women's game at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was – you guys pretty much answered the my next question but I was going to ask you about the contracts and, and not in terms of money but um so they're short-term contracts for the duration of the nrlw season um i mean surely the women need to be paid from january to december as you said to give financial security and insurance for those injuries yeah well you do get paid if you're yeah if like you're playing <laughs> just live yeah i mean like even now you know i mean although we're not technically in season like we're still ticking over like we're still preparing but like we've got no security at all like for me personally I wouldn't even know who to report to like in terms of like injury or like well-being in a sense because you know like Kiwi Ferns like do I report to them do I report to the Titans like do I stay in touch with Tweed like we're jumping ship so much and all our personnel around us is changing like logistically it's really hard like even just reaching out to someone and then you're meeting obligations through the entire season so like next year you know, the Kiwi Ferns will probably be, I don't know, maybe entering info through an app, you know, just keeping them updated kind of like with our well-being, jumping on Zooms and things. But like we're actually in other seasons. So we're meeting obligations for other teams, for other campaigns that aren't actually happening in that present time. Like right now we're probably focused on NRW yeah. 2021. But, you know, then the World Cup is also happening. So they want to also kind of get the ball rolling and start prep. But we're not contracted in that period um we're not getting paid but like we're still meeting obligations and juggling that load so there's a lot to it like it's just it's quite a messy um like although it's great you know we're, we're representing the titans tweed kiwi ferns whatever it is but it is quite messy because you're just you're mm. hopping from one to the other do you do you think the um rw needs its own separate independent governing body um because the nrl thing to um, not make the decisions in the best interest of the growing game. You said before, um, Karina, that it was a, a fast-growing game. It's, it's, I think it's actually growing like 24% um, since, uh, since 2019 or something like that. So it is a massively fast-growing game. Um, yeah, it's just something I was thinking about the other day that surely um, to eliminate some of these problems are... are uh, NRLU, its own governing body, would probably be the right way to go and vote me for president. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We'll think about it. No. <laughs> I definitely would be in that mix somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we can all team up. Yeah. I well, think it I needs mean, to it be is. a separate I mean, body. Yeah. For sure. There's a working group at the moment, but there needs to be an NRLW yeah. board. Absolutely. That's the only way that it will be priority yeah. and you will have commercial obligations where there is a commercial team who go out and find sponsors. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I ran it past the CEO only a few days ago and I said, how is it that when you go out for a sponsor for an NRL club, you're not asking if they will put 50% into the women's club? And he said, well, you'd be surprised because those sponsors generally want the women over the men. And I said, thank you. There is my answer. Now, can you please do it? Why, why, why is the NRL not saying, and let's use, for example, Ruin Hammer. You guys want to donate X amount to the, the NRL team. If you don't donate 50% to that club's NRLW team, we actually don't want you. Mm. And it's up to the NRL to set that standard for their sponsors because the sponsors are there. They just need to be reminded. And there are sponsors there who want to donate or sponsor women over men. We just have to be the change. Is that is that a is that an NRL governed thing or is that a club governed thing? So is that like um, say the Titans for instance? So the Titans mm-hmm. are trying to get sponsors into their organisation. Is that on them to say um, this is how we're going to use that money, or is it the NRL saying this is how that money has to be used? I think it could be either or. I think like naming rights um, for the competition with NRL, like that can be up to them. But as for um, jersey sponsors, that's up to the clubs and that probably makes more sense because not all clubs have a women's team. But if they did go out and find a sponsor, every single NRL club from 20 pairing what a pathway looks like for a female so that we get to a point where every single NRL club has a club, has a women's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, and that's a soundbite they're they're using a lot of. Like they're saying all the right things, but their actions are kind of opposite to what what they're saying. But um, but you're right in what you're saying. Like I, I remember last year, the one thing we wanted as um, Warriors supporters at the end of the year was to be able to go and buy a women's Warriors jersey so we could wear to the game to support the girls. But we couldn't do that. Um, they, they didn't make them. They only had the, the ones for the girls. And no matter how much I used my charm and tried to sweet talk, I couldn't get a jersey. And so I had to get my, my normal jersey and the girls all signed it. It's, it's something that I hold, you know, holds um, prize place at, at, in, my, in my house. But um, one thing I like about what the Titans have done with the women's team this year is they've bought in a women's membership. So you can actually go on the Titans website. You can buy a membership to support the women's team. And, and I know from that, I know Parramatta have done the same thing and Newcastle. I think it's a great incentive. Um, it's, it's, it's really good. It's something the Warriors never did uh, in regards to memberships. Um, really? Yeah. I'm, I know yeah. Like Roosters do and Dragons also do. And Broncos. But again, you can't buy the jerseys. So Warriors must be in the other. Oh, yep. jerseys. And Sorry. You can't buy the yep. jerseys either. No, no, no. The membership's right, but you can't buy those women's jerseys for for those teams yeah. either. So, um, and they and the the reckoning for that said that there was no market for it, and I call bullshit. I I reckon there's um, hundreds of thousands of little girls out there that would love to, you know, wear the Titans uh, women's jersey next year. You know, with number one on the back or number uh, 13 on the back, you know, because their favourite player is Georgia Hale or Karina Brown. Guaranteed. Guaranteed they would. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I knew this was going to happen. It, it's, <laughs> it's something I'm, I am really passionate about. I don't just say that I'm passionate about the women's game. Mm-hmm. And, and 
but that it is something that I'm really, really passionate about, and I've gone off track. Um, hopefully, the standalone competition, if it happens in January or February, um, will be the proof that it needed um, that women's product is a product that's worth investing in and, and nurturing because uh, it's going to be, it's not going to be running in simultaneously with a men's game. It's going to be a standalone competition on its own. Um, and so I really, really hope that uh, the, the fans get out there and uh, get to the games and you know, buy their tickets and support the girls uh, and send a, a clear message to the NRL that this is something that they need to really, really invest in. Absolutely. Yeah, and people are going to have missed footy, so it's going to be exciting to be like first games for the for the season, kick it off with oh, a bang. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll definitely continue to support and promote the game and use our small platform to keep uh, championing, championing the game and its athletes. And we encourage everyone um, to get behind the competition and support it when women take the field in February. Uh, moving forward now, what does the remainder of 2021 look like for you guys? Uh, what plans or special projects have you guys got coming up? Oh, Goose, come on. You've got to start. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Goosey. Uh, tell us. Tell us. Oh, on, well, what's happening this week? I've been busy. Uh, uh, Jess Harlan, she's a very talented musician, a very dear friend of mine, and we've co-written and co-produced a song together called she's got confidence and nice. yeah it's um it actually came about in covid there was three days of oh, the little snap lockdown and um i went to her house and we had just had the photos um with the titans georgia you're in the photo as well with the young girls and the, the caption was um class of 21 meaning me and you and class of 31 um the next generation of of young girls so uh it's about how we hope that class of 31 get to live their life with opportunities that, you know, we're now creating for them and opportunities that we didn't have. Um, and also just them growing up with self-belief and having, you know, equality <laughs> pretty much is where it, where it goes to. And I mean, just a couple of lines that opens up, it says young boys in line. Um, now is her time. She takes the pen, a hero like the men. And that's just, um, you know, having the next generation, are looking up to strong females uh, and, and then females having that platform. So it's a it's a song very close to my heart. Um, a lot of passion went into it uh, and Jess and I will be performing it um, next week and actually and then, yeah, we're just working on um, a launch plan, which is really exciting and we hope that NRLW will pick it up and use it as um, the sort of the marketing campaign for 2022. So that would be pretty special. But, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the run-out song. Come on, Goose. The what song? <laughs> Our run-out song. No, no, this is what's going to happen. We will be running out to or Jess is going to perform it when we're going in the grand final for the first seat um, of NRW. So I won't be able to um, sing it with her because, you know, we'll be, You'll be facing down the barrel of the <laughs> holding the trophy. So, yeah, no, it's – um. Yeah, that's obviously completely left field. I'm not a musician. I, I don't sing, but um, I just really love music. And, yeah, I mean, the opportunity was there to explore something else, seems that there's no footy. And, um, yeah, really excited to bring it to you guys and you can actually use it on the Ruin Hammer um, opening show if you like. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I've got so cool. 
I've got, I've got three things to say to that. Uh, one, who frickety who that you had three days of lockdown? Um, <laughs> two. It was so hard. Oh, my God. It was, mate. It was really hard. <laughs> um, what was two? Two was I've actually heard the song uh, and I actually said to you after you sent it to me and I had a, a listen, the first thing I said to you was it's kind of like an anthem for the women's game and then you kind of said, yeah, that's what we want to try and accomplish. And the yeah. third thing is, do you get nervous singing in front of people? Okay, so I haven't performed it yet in front of anyone, but I will be yeah, next weekend. So I've actually got a whole bunch of singing lessons booked in this week. I've had uh, three so far and I think maybe a few drinks might get me across the line. <laughs> George well, is coming, I think. I've got a guitar here, here actually. Yeah. Just send me through the music and we can do it now if you like. You know what you can you know what you can do? You can just turn your mic off and just like lip sync the words and just get um, yes. Jess to sing everything instead. Yeah. That's one well actually yeah. um when Jess and I first written the song, we decided to um both audition for who would take the lead role. I was shocked when I didn't get it. Like, oh, really? Absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked. Anyway, yeah. That'd be like her um, auditioning for the uh, fullback spot um, or the wing spot, Early Bears, and being shocked when she didn't get that. Yeah. No, I've actually tested her and she caught the high ball. She was incredible. I think she's watching. You are incredible. You can play fullback. Katie Brown can do it. You can do it. Come and join. Yes. No excuses. No excuses here. What's everyone else doing? What are, what, are you, what, are, what are you guys up to? Any songs or movies or anything like that? Nothing like good. I'm going to get a haircut. Yeah, no, no songs. Um, I've been doing <laughs> yoga, spending time at the beach. Um, I've been working quite a bit, so I work in the disability space, so just out and about in the community, um, working with some really amazing little legends, um, some young boys. So, yeah, the work that I do, like, it's super rewarding and it's been mm. nice just to kind of, like, have that as the sole focus. So, um, you know, yeah. training and all that kind of just around the sides. But, yeah, work's been amazing. Um, honestly, it doesn't even feel like going to work. So, yeah, that's really beautiful. It's <laughs> a really nice space to be in. So, again, like, a, a, a really good distraction as well from footy. Mm. So, like, these boys, like, they're amazing. And, like, they're just so grateful for everything they have around you. And, like, they really put things into perspective. So, like, when all this, like, footy nonsense was going on and, like, the uncertainty and stuff, like, you just go to work and, like, smile on your doll like these boys don't worry about a thing and it was kind of like the attitude like I've had at this time so it's been cool yeah I love my work love that Katie, awesome. you're you're obviously uh, gonna get um your boot on the ground with uh seven sport uh rugby league once you get up there yeah yeah so at the moment I'm living in Grafton with my parents and I'm loving it I'm not sure that I want to move out I love being home so much we have lots of animals so I grew up riding horses so I um have been over to help mum with the horses it's been raining so I haven't been able to ride but um just being around the fam and the animals the dogs um I got DJ decks actually for my 30th birthday so Karina told me I can join the band when yeah. I improve. And I band. said to her, sis, I'm already perfect. Like demo girl. <laughs> the, um, the, the dirty 30 looked quite, quite messy as well. I must say with, uh, no, only a couple of lemonades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, when you when you take on that role at Channel Seven for your rugby league reporting, can you like be really nice towards the Warriors? We just get a really bum steer in the media. Um, they don't talk about us much, and they don't like us much. So, um, can you you know, like get in with the Warriors and just be really really nice oh. and talk them up all the time? Absolutely, I can. I say that now. Just make sure they're very well behaved. <laughs> oh, we are. We are. <laughs> no, I, I actually do. I love the Warriors. Um, good club. Good club. I was filthy about the NRLW, but Cameron George and I had a good chat about that. Um, sort him out. We sorted each other out. No, we had. A, we did have a good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be back. You'll be back. We're the whole goosey All right. We, we, we had the whole career back at, um, when we had our little open fan day up at the Alfred yeah. Hotel at uh, Magic yeah. She was quite fired up. Oh, when, was uh, like... George walked in. <laughs> we, we also had a, um, an exchange. Good. Yeah. I like it. It didn't happen, but there's <laughs> still no women's team, but I attempted. No. <laughs> I like that you can be very honest with him, though, approachable. You can tell him how you feel and... Hard feelings and yeah, go again tomorrow. We, we we're, we're very lucky. We've had him on, as we said before, we've had him on this show three yeah. times. So he came up on at the end of last season. He came on at the preseason. He came on two weeks ago uh, to chat about this season. In and I don't know of any other NRL CEO that will come on a show run by two numpties um, on Facebook that you know will give up his time and, and have a chat. That's he is. He's very. He's very candid. He's very open and honest. Um, uh, yeah. Where he's. Uh, I mean, you know, the, he, there's criticisms of everybody, but um, he's the man that is driving the Warriors um, through to hopefully our first premiership. Um, when's when? You don't know when preseason training starts for you girls. It's meant to be the second week of January, but okay. Yeah, nothing official yet. If if I ever get out of New South Wales, and I managed to get across the border um, in the new year. Uh, Rob and I'd love to come along and uh, to a few preseason sessions and, and dock it and all that kind of stuff. If that, if you girls would be up for that, absolutely. So say run alongside us <laughs> yeah, for, about, for about twenty meters or so, and then just go into cardiac arrest. <laughs> Yeah, come because you know who else would um have you is uh our CEO at the Titans, Steve oh, yeah. Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if there's another CEO that would give his time to you, give his time to anyone, it's Steve Mitchell. He's a, a very special man. So come on over. Okay, yeah, we will cool. definitely. Um, and in answer to you, Georgia, nah, my running days finished the day that I played my last game of footy, and that was. 2004, so no, I won't be running. <laughs> is um is Arnie Carms involved with the uh with the Titans girl? Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, she's loving it over here, and it's been such a blessing, like having mm -hmm. her here. Just her energy and everything, um, like just her warmth, like she just wraps around the girls, and it's been so nice. Like she obviously brings um so much from back home, but um, to like connect with girls on the side, like she's really opened so many doors and when everything was so uncertain and um, we, we went through that whole period, it was just so nice to have her kind of as our backbone. So yes, the blessing she is. Yeah, she'll be with us um, for when our 2021 season starts. Yeah. 
Yeah, but just when you walk past her, you just get this sense of like this really nice warm hug, but she's not even touching you. (laughs) She's just absolutely incredible woman, and um, she's watching us tonight. Actually, we love you, Auntie Carmen. Everything that you do for the women's game, um, everything that you do for all of us when we're all having you know our ups and downs and um, struggling through the year, but you're there for it all. And she's actually coming to the show next weekend, which is um, is uh, very special as well. She's having a night away with. her husband Spencer, so cute. <laughs> well, I was going to say that the pair of them have done so much for um, you know young players coming through. Uh, you know they spent some time at the Roosters, had their time at in New Zealand. They've, they have they've done a lot of uh, things for a lot of young players coming through their um, yeah, their godsends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if there were more people in the game like um, there would be a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Did you girls watch the Dally M's? Yes. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no? You did? Okay. Um, I hope they do a Dally M awards for you girls after the NRLW season because every year it's always just that one award that they give out um, at the Dally M awards, the Dally M Women's Player of the Year. Um, it's kind of bugged me. Uh, so I'm on a crusade. I'm... Part of my crusade, I'm gonna. I want to start the NRLW um, commission to govern the government day, and I want us to have a uh, a special NRLW um, uh, them awards where we don't give out a couple of awards. I want them to change the name from the Delhi. Um, you know, let's honour some of these these women uh, that you know have pioneered the games um, in the past. Um, you know, have a team of the year, rookie of the year, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I'd love to, I'd love for them to start a um, uh, women's rugby league hall of fame. Um, you know, on some of the the girls, I know we've got like you know the Nellie Stewart medal, and, um, uh, Tony Norris is uh, the women's national championship player, and Nat Dwyer's got the under eighteen women's player, and we've got the Veronica White medal. Um, can we see that? Is that close by? Have you got that somewhere we can have a look at it, George? <laughs> I don't have to, I'd have to go. I know where it is. It's just going away. Go and get, go and get your awards. No, go and get your award. Katie get a her award. Karina got players player last year for the Warriors. They can show off all their awards. Oh, <laughs> I don't have my award. They've got to send it to me. Oh, actually, I think I do right here. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That was... I do have a trophy card. Oh, I'm, I'm not prepared. <laughs> yeah, I know. It looks like I am prepared. This is like in the top, but um, my pop actually just got me a trophy cabinet because he's been looking after them. Um, so oh, I, have yeah. to, I have to set it. Isn't that cute? Yeah, it took me like yeah. five weeks to put it together. It was bloody difficult. But <laughs> Oh, I thought he might have put it together for you. This one was really special award at um, – yeah, to win players player at the Warriors. Um, yeah. Certainly capped off um, a great season last year. So thanks for your vote, Georgia. No, I went to grab it and then the boys are like having me on. They're like, don't get that out. Like, take humble G, don't do that. Oh. I know. I was like, get ready to go up the wardrobe and have a look. So sorry, team. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to them. They're just jealous. Oh, my man children. Oh my! <laughs> feed them tonight. That roasting. Yeah. He keeps he keeps commenting, saying that you've got dishes to do. 
Yeah, he, so he, he wants us. To, he wanted us to wrap this up quickly so you could get onto your other tasks. Apparently, um yeah so i reckon we should start honoring some of these women um and uh i petitioned to start a, a rugby league hall of fame so what do you guys think i'll sign it good definitely i'll sign yeah? it there should be a women's team of the year for sure it's just hard when there's um there's four teams that's no excuse not to have a team of the year but just yeah anyway when they, we need well, eight teams next year okay go I'm not sure who does it, but every week during the domestic season, they're putting out a team of the week, um, and it'd be a mix between the girls in the Harden Women Premiership and the girls in the BHP Premiership. So, same kind of thing. Um, yeah, I reckon they should. I've got 20, 20 something names compiled already who should be automatic inductees into the uh, Women's Hall of Fame. So, I'll be I'll be petitioning. Who do I who do I petition that to? Andrew Abdo. Yeah, the ARLC. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take it. Take it to the. Take to the top. Can help you out after the okay. show. If you'd like. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Can you people. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That'd be we Can can do that for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Why not? Hall of Fame for the women. Yeah. Um, ooh, that's yeah. an interesting question. Who would you have for the first one? Oh, it's got to be. Um, for me, it's got to be Nellie Doherty. First woman, first woman uh, player. Because uh, the game started, I'll give you a history lesson. The game started back in 1921. Mm -hmm. um, it was the competition early that year, and the women petitioned, and there was two women, Nellie Doherty and Molly Kane, and they both petitioned and they were able to play, and the first game was played. And Nellie Doherty was the captain of one side. And there was a young 15-year-old girl called uh, Maggie Maloney who scored um, four tries in that first game. So she's definitely got to be one as well. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw the names at you and uh, you can tell me what you think. So these are my names. Nellie Doherty, Maggie Maloney, Nat Dwyer, Karen Murphy, Joe Barrett, Ruan Sims, Tani Norris, Tarshale, uh, Lisa Fiola, Steph Hancock, Tina Clark, Eliana Walton, Heather Ballinger, Karina Brown, <laughs> Demi Bremner, um, Juanita, uh, Juanita Hall, who was the first New Zealand um, Ferns, uh, Kiwi Ferns captain, uh, Laura Mariu, Honey My Smiler, Lou, uh, Lisa Vicky, uh, Rona Peters, Veronica White, Kylie Hilda, and Abrigginshaw. What do you reckon? Good Sounds start. pretty good. A few more Kiwis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> George will be able to help you out with a few more Kiwi uh, names, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lorena Papali'i, for sure. Yeah. Ah! Oh, yeah, yeah, like yes. You can have my spot. Yeah. No. Well, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're a pioneer. No. You, you. You started that Bears team. You you did a lot. Yeah, and, I, and, I've got, and I've got that part of I've got that part of history. You know, I've got that little number one, and, and I'm happy with that. You know, that's enough. <laughs> She's got the premiership. <laughs> I've got all I've got uh, all the trophies. Don't worry. <laughs> um, Robbie, 
I can't do it. Can you scan to see questions for some of the girls? And yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely. Um, yeah, I'll try and I put some of them up ask, on the screen as well. Um, Georgia, your your with your move to Australia, that obviously affected your employment with the Warriors. I know TK was asking a couple of questions earlier. Yeah, yeah, I no longer work for the Warriors. Um, we tried to look like at different kind of routes, like if I could do some work over here, like in the community and things, but. Yeah, it just kind of wasn't meant to be. I love my time, though, working at the club. And it was, yeah, definitely like a hard decision, not just to, like, move over to Australia, but, you know, also to move over and move away from the Warriors. So, um, yeah, I've just found kind of an old passion that I kind of refound um, in the community here in the Gold Coast. So I guess everything's just kind of played out and happened for a reason. It's a, not a bad part of the this world to be living, too, is it? Exactly. This is my best friend who's commenting. Oh, yeah, she, Russell, yeah. she was, messaging, right. she was messaging me before. Yeah, she was really keen. Yeah, what sorry, uh, sorry, much for all those technical difficulties, but we got it done eventually. Georgia, she wants a jersey for both of you guys. Um, yeah, where she live? Sorted out, Linda. She lives in um, West Auckland, over in New Zealand. Oh yeah, come on over for the show. <laughs> I don't really? know. Man. I'm sure she would love to. Yeah, <laughs> come. Is one from T. Is one from TK, mega fan of the Warriors. We fans in NZ were gutted that we had no women's team as well, considering the culture and the Fano connection that you all created. Thank you, ladies. Katie, are you going to continue your rugby league journey up in Queensland now with one of the BHP sides? Um, I would love to continue playing. I think I'll just see how I go warming into my job because it's not breakfast, so I won't finish at 9.30 a.m. anymore and have the rest of the day. I'll work more 7 to 7. Oh, so, oh wow. Yeah. yeah, they're big, they're big days, um, but I would love to continue training. But I'll just see what happens. Won't commit to anything yet. So does that mean yeah. seven to seven? There's going to be. Are you still going to do your podcast, the Real Talk Media podcast? Yeah, I would love to. I've actually taken a bit of a step back at the moment, just because like it's hard to. Um, life's changing. Yeah, I'm going through. I guess just a, a chapter, a new chapter. So um, just being easy on myself with that at the moment. But yes, I am technically allowed from seven to continue that, and um, I really love doing that project because. Um, my boss said as long as I say – I can say anything except for that I hate him on there. Um, so that's really cool because I love the freedom that that gives me. Yep. And are you still going to do the Sen radio thing or that won't be happening anymore? Yeah, Fridays. Or... My, so they've agreed yep. – yeah, Seven have said I can still do half day on Friday to continue doing call time, which is really cool because call time I love to have a big female focus and, um, yeah, get lots of different personalities on there. Sometimes I like to rev it up a little bit. Yeah, you do. And we love it. Nasty <laughs> and necessary. Um, before we let you go, um, girls, um, just want to really thank the three of you for coming on, giving up your time, um, coming in and having a really open, honest uh, discussion on the women's game with us and giving us your uh, respective point of views um, from three women who are, 
heavily entrenched inside the uh, the women's game where it's going. Um, before you go, is my where's my new? Can I can he throw his head in the camera and say hello to me, Jazzy? Jazz, <laughs> come here. Come say hello. I'm I'm finished on the call now. I'm finished on the call now. <laughs> so come and have a look at this. No, I want you to make an appearance. For just being a nuisance. Oh, <laughs> there he is. Jazz, how are you doing? Hello, bro. How are you, bro? What are you up to? Yeah, good. Talking to some, talking to the women, mate. What are you up to? Staying out of trouble. <laughs> how, yeah, yeah how single life on the golf, mate? Good seeing you, bro. It's going good. Nah. Yeah, good. Hard. take it easy. Good, good. Okay, how okay long brother. Go now? How <laughs> it's George's time now. Getting off now. Getting off now. Throw in, throw in, um, throw in one of Sammy's jerseys when you send me yours. <laughs> uh, here we go. Finish on a high. Nice. <laughs> what's what's harder? To be honest, your day job or, uh, or looking after those two at night? Or looking after those two at night. What was that, sorry? I said, what's harder, your day job or listening, looking after those two at night? Oh, 24-7, yeah, coming home to them. <laughs> All the things I've asked them to do have not been done. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, girls. Um, thanks very much for for tuning in. Katie, stay safe in your little Grafton bubble so you can get up to Queensland. Um, good luck with the new um, position. And Georgia and Karina, thank you very much as always. Uh, love chatting to you girls. And um, yeah. We'll see you and soon. Definitely, I'll catch up once. Yep. Once we get up there. Thanks, girls. Thanks so, Thanks so much, Jen. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you for tuning in, Nut. Thank you. Yeah, love your Thank work. Thank you, guys. See ya. Bye. Oh, mate. Yeah, what a great shot. Yeah. 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 Um, thanks, everyone, for the comments. Yeah, it's um, it's really good to to be able to show the the girls some support um, with uh, you know the plight of the women's game, what they're going through, and Really great that they could come on and have such an open uh, and honest discussion about, you know, what's happening with the women's game. Yeah, definitely. And apologies for the late start there. Just a couple of uh, technical gremlins, uh, as always. Really? But um, yeah, we got it. We got, yeah, we got it. We got it uh, done for you guys. And yeah, I hope you all enjoyed the chat. And uh, as as Mark said, thanks so much for your comments and all your contribution. And all the love. So many great comments. Um, they're coming through for the girls. A lot of love for the, for the girls, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, got some, we've got some good guests coming up, yeah? We, we certainly do. So next week, don't miss it, we have PJ Marsh coming on. Uh, the Warriors hooker from the 2002 Grand Final side. Uh, his career in the Warriors jersey tragically cut short uh, by a, a terrible back injury. I'm sure he'll go into that next week. But looking forward to having a chat with him. We always love to catch up with our, you know, our past legends. And um, he had a short but very memorable stint at the club. 
So don't miss that. That's yeah. next week, Wednesday, 20th of October. The week after that, doesn't get much bigger when you're talking Kiwi Rugby League than Mark Graham. Um, he'll be coming on for a chat on the 27th, the week after. So he'll be talking all things about his career, NZ, and in the uh, – the North Sydney Bears and international footy. And also, don't forget, he was the Warriors coach from 1999 to 2000. So yeah. Interesting to hear, is, hear him um, talk about those days. After that, uh, Wednesday the 3rd of November, we have Brent Tate, uh, NRL legend, uh, Australian international Queensland representative, uh, played for the Broncos, the Warriors, and the North Queensland Cowboys as well. Legend of the game. Fantastic center and yeah, brother-in-law of Steve Price. So he put in yeah. a good word for us. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. So absolutely looking forward to that chat. Plus, uh, plenty more to be announced as we as we lock in some dates coming up. Yeah, Tady has assured us too that he won't be on for three hours. Long. <laughs> but we will have no we'll have no arguments if he does want to speak for three hours. As we said, we just sit back and let them tell the story. Absolutely, that's our job. Our job is just to facilitate. The screen for these people to be able to um, tell their story. So, uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to it, mate. Uh, got some really good chats. Got a couple of the uh, current Warriors uh, lined up to uh, come on uh, mid to late November as well, and we'll announce them uh, pretty soon. Uh, and yeah, just before we wrap up, just a reminder that we're on Patreon, a membership platform that enables uh, people, you guys, to, to show your support and uh, support the content that we um, we put out by signing up for a monthly subscription. Uh, three different levels of, of subscription that suit your budget. Each tier level has its own rewards and benefits, including exclusive uh, patron-only uh, mem- uh, merchandise that will be available soon. But for the moment, we have our bronze tier up and running. running. Yeah, that's right. And um, you can head to our Patreon page. Uh, the link is there on your screen right now. And show your support, and you can subscribe to our bronze tier uh, Patreon, which is the lowest amount possible, three dollars a month. So it's less than a cup of coffee. Uh, we've also partnered with Torius Screen Print to produce a range of merchandise, as you can see us wearing um, for us, yep. which will be available soon. It's coming very soon. So uh, there will also be some exclusive Patreon-only merchandise. We're just working through a few things at the moment. There is like obviously. Just to be transparent, there is a cost factor with that, and um, we are we are working through that and trying to get some T-shirts and caps um, available probably first to our Patreon subscribers as well. And the, yep. the, the exclusive merchandise will then be for our silver, gold, platinum, and diamond level Patreon tiers in the coming weeks, and we're just working through a few things to work out the packages and the costing and that kind of thing with those. And, this, yep. and we'll just add that this exclusive Patreon merchandise will not be for sale and will be available only to our Patreon members. That's right, mate. Um, and we just want to uh, thank our um, bronze tier subscribers, uh, Daniel Delore, Peregrine Falconer, Sean Kurzel, uh, Nick McKercher, Mary Carter, Fabian Moroa, Siala Afamasunga, Stevie Williams, Christian Catley, and Alf Tolave. Um, thank you very, very much, guys, uh, and um, we appreciate your support. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks so much. We can't do it without you guys, and and we really appreciate your your financial support. Um, yep. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our live shows, you can catch up on our Facebook page by going to our video section, or you can go on YouTube channel and catch up there. Also on our link tree, uh, Mark's been bu- busy updating uh, a lot of the interviews we've done with uh, past and present players, so that's an easy way 
to go into our Linktree page and um, you can then go directly to the chats that we've had with some of the other guys. Uh, as I said, players past and present. And uh, the easiest way to find our videos is to head, yeah, as we just said, Linktree and also on YouTube as well. And uh, to each of our special interviews and presentations that we've done. And don't forget to hit subscribe in our YouTube channel so you never miss a thing. Never miss any of our stream content. You know, it's, it's easy to do and it doesn't cost anything. That's right, mate. It doesn't cost a thing. Um, if you're a podcast fan, then obviously you can catch all our episodes on post podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Radio Direct, and iHeartRadio. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us there. We upload the episodes every uh, – so they're ready to listen to every Thursday morning. Uh, and please – Head to our Real and Hammer Instagram page where we upload daily content to keep our followers informed. Uh, thank you to everyone that's following us on Instagram. We've just uh, clicked over 1,100 um, subscribers on Instagram, uh, getting up to close to 2,000 on Facebook. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate um, everyone uh, who continues to support what we do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again, guys. We can't do it without you guys. It's a show by the fans for the fans, and we... Absolutely. We really thank you for your, your continued support. Um, well, that's it for another great show. We want to say another special thanks to our special guests, Katie Brown, Karina Brown, and Georgia Hale for coming on for a chat tonight. And we want to thank all of you who continue to support Ruin Hammer. It is very much appreciated. Absolutely, it is. Um, see you all next week. Uh, everyone be safe. And uh, see you next week, mate. Take care, guys, and go the Warriors as always. Yeah. Go to the Warriors.